Well, can you take some more faith this morning? Turn, please, to the book of uh, Mark. Mark chapter 11, that great passage on faith that Jesus explained to us how to live and how to operate. And, you know, stir yourself up. You know, how many have heard some things about faith for even for some years now? You've heard some things. But do you know all there is to know about faith? Certainly not. Have you learned, have you exhausted all of the revelation from Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24? I don't think so. I know not. So let's get some more. Let's get some fresh, some things we hadn't seen. Or maybe some things we'd let slip but get stirred back up on them again. Because uh, the way you got results, even from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, is some things you learned about faith and believing God and receiving from God. And you're going to take that and build on it. You don't change what got you this far. You just add to it and improve and increase. In Mark 11:22, Mark 11:22, Jesus had cursed the fig tree. And when he did, you know, in a matter of hours, it withered away. Uh, They walked away from it. And then later they came back by and the disciples saw it and they said, look how quickly it withered away. Now, what did he do with this fig tree? He spoke to it, right? Words. He spoke to it and it did what he uh, told it to do. Now, they're marveling about it. Mark 11. They're marveling about it. And, uh, well, let me read verse 20. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter, calling to remember it, said to him, Master, behold, look at the fig tree which you cursed. It's withered away. And Jesus said, yeah, I'm the son of God. And I can do that. But don't try this at home. (laughs) Now you'd think that's what it says to hear a lot of folk preach. And you've heard people say, well, Jesus, you know, walked on the water. Why? Because he's God. Jesus opened the eyes of the blind because he's God. Jesus healed the sick because he's God. Well, Both of those statements are true. He did it. And he was and is and always will be. God. But the implication is that he did it as God. That all the things that are recorded, including this, you know, cursing the fig tree, speaking healing to people, that he did it with powers as God. Now, of course, if that's true, then you or I are not going to do it. Because we're not God. But that contradicts other scripture. Jesus said in John 14, he that believes on me. Is that you and me? He that believes on me, the works that I do, will he do also. Now, do you believe that or not? Did he say what I did, you will do? Let me go through that really slowly now. Jesus is talking. John 14. Did he say, what I did, the one who believes on me will do also, 
And greater works than these shall he do because I'm going to my father. If he'd have stayed, the works would have just got greater and greater and greater. But he paid the price for our sins and he left here and he's at the right hand of the father. But he sent his spirit. And what happened through Jesus in those three and a half years is supposed to continue through his body. And you can see that it did in the book of Acts. The same kind of things that happened through Jesus happened through Peter and John and Philip, right? And on and on and on. Why? Somebody said, well, that man is just like Jesus. Right, because it is. It's him continuing to do his works through the church, through his body. And the book of Acts is still being written today. You and I, writing our chapters. Well, we're not to look, let me say it like this. The sacrifice of Jesus is in a category by itself. Nobody else had spotless, sinless blood. Nobody could pay the price for the sins of the world but him. What he did in redemption, what he did at the scourging and at the cross and the death and the, what he did in the heart of the earth and the burial and the resurrection... And what he's doing at the right hand of the Father right now, ever living to make intercession for us, nobody else could do that. That's in a category by itself. But the ministry that he did, from the time he was baptized in the River Jordan, he came up and the Spirit of God came on him. And he went and he preached and he taught and there was deliverance and there was healing and there was miracles. The ministry is not supposed to be in a category by itself. It was his example to us of how to operate. That's why when he cursed this, he spoke to this fig tree and the tree obeyed his words. And his disciples looked at it and said, wow, he just talked to that thing and it did what he told it to do. And when he said that, Jesus did not draw attention to himself and say, yeah, I could do that because I'm God. I'm the son of God. That's not what he said. Religion has him implying that. But what did he actually say? Verse 22, are you there? He looked at him and what did he say? Have faith. Who? Who? You. The ones he's talking to. Are you one of his disciples too? You have faith in God. What's he saying? Like me. Like what I did. You have faith in God. Then he says, verily I say to you. When he says verily, what does that mean? Man, this is a truth. It's an absolute, unchanging truth for everybody that will believe it. Verily I say to you, whosoever, who will it work for? Whosoever will say to this mountain, not just a fig tree, but the mountain. Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Matthew records the same account. He says it like this. He said, if you'd have faith and not doubt, you'd not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but you'd also say to this mountain, is he telling them they could have done what he did? Just as plain as you can say it. He's telling them they could have done what he did. Now you do understand millions of Christians don't believe this. They don't. And they find fault with people like me and you. 
Well, who do you think you are? Think you can, you know, talk to things like Jesus did. You know, I had a fellow one time tell me, he said, well, you're trying to be just like Jesus. I said, I thought that was the idea. I thought that was the plan. If you're not, who are you trying to be like? You found somebody better? No, the Bible said in 1 John 2, 6, he that says he abides or lives in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked, just like he did. Somebody say, just like him. See, every morning when you open your eyes, your goal ought to be to talk just like Jesus. To act just like him, respond just like him, operate just like him. Just like him. Just like, somebody say, just like him. Just like him. Well, what did he do when something wasn't right? He spoke to it. If the enemy was acting up, he said, shut up. Come out of them. He spoke to fevers, didn't he? You know, Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. He spoke to that fever and it left her. Are you and I supposed to act like this? Are we supposed to operate like this? Yes, we are. Instead of begging God to do something about it, he didn't say beg God to make the mountain move. He said, you speak to it. Let's read it again now. What did he say, Mark eleven twenty three? Whosoever will what? So that thinking is not enough. You got to what? You got to open your mouth. You got to say it. Whoever will say to the mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea. Are you praying here? Are you talking to God about the mountain? No, you're not. This is not prayer. To the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and what? And shall not doubt in his heart. So in other words, Jesus wouldn't have said this unless doubt could mess it up. He would not have added disqualifier unless doubt could mess it up. He didn't say you'd have everything you say. Well, I've had people say, well, what if I say I'm going to have uh, 10,000 oil wells by tomorrow? I said, you won't. <laughs> well, but what if I say it? Because that's what you say. You'll have what you say. No, I didn't say that. Well, yeah, you did. I heard you when you preached. No, I didn't. Well, yeah, you did. I got it on the tape. No, I didn't say that. Jesus said. Right. Right. Big difference now. I know y'all like me, but you know, there's a difference (laughs) between me saying something and him saying something. He said, if you would speak to it and not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say came to pass, you would have what you said, just like he did when he spoke to the fig tree. So he didn't say you'd have everything you'd say. You got to believe in your heart that what you say is going to happen got to believe it not just rattle off about it you got to actually believe it and then not just start believing it you got to keep on believing it and not change not doubt now we looked up that word we talked about it earlier the same word translated doubt here is translated waver in James 1 it's also translated stagger in Romans 4 so it has the idea of vacillation And really, we talked about the definition literally means to stand in two ways. Can you see the picture? 
this and this. This and this. Will he heal me? Or maybe he won't. Maybe the money will come. Maybe it won't. Maybe I can do it. I don't know. I hope so, but it don't look good. James says you won't receive like that. You got to get it settled and only look at one thing. Go to James, please. Let's remind ourselves of that. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. The name of our series is Without a Doubt. Without a Doubt. Because that's the thing that can mess it up. James 1. Verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. Notice it didn't say sometimes, didn't say it might be. You just never know. What did it say? See, religion has tried to make provision in case it doesn't work. Hmm? Hasn't it? Well, we'll pray, but you just never know. And, you know, we'll pray, but we just want God's will to be done. Well, there's a problem with that. The scripture told us to not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're supposed to find out the will of God. We're supposed to understand and know the will of God. That's why we got this book. That's why we got the Holy Spirit. And then we're supposed to be single visioned. Once we know what he has said, once we know his will, there should be nothing else to consider. Are you with me now? Nothing else to consider. Now he said, let him ask, the very next verse says what? But let him ask in faith, what's the next thing say? Nothing wavering. Doesn't that sound like what Jesus said? If you'd say it. So whether you're saying or whether you're praying, faith works the same way. He said, if you'll say it and don't doubt in your heart. So it's obvious this could mess it up. Even though you're saying it, even though you're praying it, this wavering, this vacillating can mess it up. He said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now, waves in the ocean, what do they do? They swell up, right? And they don't stay up. What do they do? They go down. And the bigger the wave, the further you go up, and then, whoo, the further you go down. And have there been cases, don't hold your hand up, don't testify, where Christians, maybe somebody you know, (laughs) you see them right after the service on Sunday, and whoo, yeah, 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 it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, it is, I've prayed, God's heard my prayer. And then you see him Wednesday after a bad report, and woo. oh, I just don't know. Y'all pray. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's not the will of God. Well, what is that? Wavering. Wavering 
He goes on to say, verse 7, what? Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I don't care for the thought of that verse. Do you? I don't want to not receive anything. I want to receive everything. So what do we got to do? We've got to eliminate the doubt. Eliminate the wavering. Can we do it? By God's grace and help. Yes, it's his will. We're supposed to be every day without a doubt. Every day. Look at your neighbor. Tell them without a doubt. That's how many doubts? <laughs> Could I borrow a doubt from you? And you go, don't have one. <laughs> I don't even have one. <laughs> you have to come up with your own. Because I, I am without a single doubt. <laughs> what would that mean? That would mean you are completely persuaded about something. And you are only looking at one thing. And not considering anything else. He went on to say the, the, verse eight, a double-minded, a what? Look at the word doubt and the word double. They start off the same, don't they? D-O-U. Because it means two. To stand in two ways. Dewey, duo. Two. A double-minded man is what? Unstable is that godlike? That's ungodly. Being unstable is being ungodly. Now, you don't have to have a word of knowledge to know some things if you know the scripture. Somebody is just unstable. I mean, they don't stick to anything, they don't stay with anything. They're in, they're out, they're up, they're down. I wonder what's wrong. You don't have to wonder. Right here. What's the problem? They're unstable. What's the problem? Whether it's me or you, whoever. Double-minded or doubt or wavering. Dewey. They are considering more than one thing. They're looking at more than one thing. And this is really a problem in today's society. It's always been a problem. But it seems to be compounding we live in a world where people pride themselves in multitasking. Don't get too quiet. People pride themselves in being knowledgeable of so many different things. We live in the information age. That you can uh, look up something on the internet and find three million references to it. And feel the need to try to peruse them. Well, in God, there's only one perfect will. There are not 12 different perfect wills of God. Take your pick. There is one will of God. God already knowing everything. He doesn't have three million references to something. He knows everything about everything. And having all knowledge and complete understanding, he's able to put his finger on the one thing that is right. 
for you for now. Oh, are you listening? And once he does, and you've got that, it is foolishness and can be rebellion for you to keep looking. Are y'all with me now? Y'all got to help me with this. Are you using your faith? Are you believing with me this morning? We need to get to the bottom of some things here. Now, we've talked about this over and over since this series began. But what is doubt? Doubt Dewey. Duo two. One of the perfect examples of it is Peter. When Jesus called him to come out to him and walk on the water. Because he asked him, why did you duo? Why did you doubt? He wanted to know. He put the question to Jesus. You know, Jesus walked on the water. Now see, like we're talking before, a whole lot of people said, well, he's God. He can do that. Well, then how did Peter do it? Because Peter's sure not God. But he said, Lord, if it's you, call me to come. He thought that was pretty cool. Not only that, it was getting pretty rocky in that boat. (laughs) And the Lord says, and oh, this is the heart of God. If it would have been a lot of theologians, they'd have said, Peter, how dare you, worm of a man, think that you could come do what I, the Son of God. Do. In other words, don't try this at home. You are not in the category with me. That's men's twisted ideas. What did Jesus say? Come on, boy. Get out of the boat. Come on. It's great out here. Come on. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned and fell in the garden, God had a plan. And he's been calling, come on. Come on back up where you're supposed to be. Come on. Come on. One of these days soon, the trumpet's going to sound. He's going to say, come on. Come right on out of there. Come on up with me. Rule and reign with me. Come on up. Well, Peter starts walking on the water. You remember it? He is actually doing the same thing. That Jesus is doing. Now you know he didn't know everything. We have records of his mistakes. <laughs> right? It's not because he was perfect. He didn't know a bunch of scripture. Hadn't walked with God for a long time. But he is walking on the water until. He began to look at something else. Oh, do you see it? He began to consider something other than Jesus said, come. So he's looking at the wind. Uh, some water slapped him. And he's feeling the wave and the wind. And he went, whoa, what is that? And he looked at Jesus. Then he looked at that. And he looked at Jesus. <laughs> you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. By stripes, I'm healed. Oh, but that was a bad report today. Yeah, but he says I'm healed. Yeah, but they say you can't live with that. Duo. Double-minded. Unstable. Won't receive. Hmm? 
My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah, but you don't understand the company is going through problems. And they're going to lay off some people. And after this and after that, you don't understand. Yeah, I know Philippians 4.19, but you know, you don't know what it's like being who I am and what I don't have and who I don't know. And nobody will help me. And what about this? You cannot do that. You're going to be unstable. You've got to pick the right one. <laughs> or are you with me now? And ignore everything else. Once God tells you, he already knows all that. He knows all kind of stuff you don't know. And if he puts his finger on it and says, this is what you believe right here. Having scoped everything else out in the universe. <laughs> this is the only thing you need to know about. Believe this and say this. And don't be distracted by the rest. How many remember him talking about you got to be single visioned? Single. If your eye is single, then your whole body will be full of light. Oh, do you see it? Is it okay for us to consider a lot of different things so we can be broad-minded and well-educated? People even use the term worldly. Well, they're well-traveled and well-read, and they just know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. Well, what do you believe about this? Well... I read a book about this, and they brought out a good point over here. But I also read another book, and he brings out a valid point. It's totally contradictory. But I also, you know, read this book, and that's supposed to impress you that they're intelligent. They're unstable. They don't even know what they believe. Well, which one do you believe? Out of fact, I was talking to a fellow one time. And he had a number of more degrees than me. And so I wanted to see, you know, something I needed to find out about what he had found out. He said, well, I see merit in Dr. So-and-so's position. But I also see merit in other Dr. So-and-so's position. But there's also merit in other Dr. I mean, completely contradicting each other. I said, well, what do you believe? He said, well... I do see some merit in Dr. So-and-so. Well, he's unstable. Anything will bowl him over. He doesn't know what he believes. Go with me, if you would, to uh, Luke. Somebody said, well, y'all are just narrow-minded. Yeah, and saved. (laughs) The Bible said there is a broad way. That's all inclusive of all ideas. And it goes right to destruction. Right to hell. With all your three million different ideas and positions. But there is a straight way and a narrow way. That goes to life. Jesus is the only way. The only way. That's one thing that aggravates other religions about us. They want us to be inclusive. And to say, well, there are many ways to God. You cannot be a Christian and believe that. You can't be a Christian and believe there are many ways to God. Well, everybody serves God in their own way. No, 
Well, people say, well, brother, preacher, now I got a right to believe what I believe and you got a right to believe what you believe. No, we don't. You or me. If Jesus is Lord, we're supposed to believe what he tells us. Conform to it. Now, granted, there's progressive light on it. We see more light as we go, but we're not free to just decide what we think, what we believe, what we're going to. That means you are your own Lord and he's not. Where are you? That's a good place. Where is it about uh, Mary and Martha? Uh, Chapter 10. Luke 10, are you there? Y'all with me? Everybody happy? Somebody say without a doubt. doubt. Zero. Zero. What does that mean? With what we're emphasizing right now, how would you do that? No doubt. That means you've got to eliminate everything else except what he told you. And not consider it. Not look at it. The Bible said, you know, Jesus, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were good friends of Jesus. Oftentimes he'd go by their house and eat with them and spend time with them. They were close, personal friends. And verse 38, Jesus entered into the village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So this is Martha's house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her that she come help me. She was just sure that Jesus saw it like she did. Think about it. She was so sure that she came and interrupted him while he is speaking in the living room or wherever. She came in, she paced back and forth, she checked on the turkey, and she checked the pies, and she checked the bread, and she come back and tried to get Mary's attention. Psst, Mary, Mary, Mary. And if Mary saw her, she's just like, she thought, you lazy heifer, you, we got all these guests at the house here, and you sitting in there listening to teaching. You're supposed to be in here with me in the kitchen. So she had to go back and check on the roast. And she's checking and checking. And she comes. She did that several times. Is she a picture of stability? Is she a picture of peace? No. She's not having a good time. Is she? She's flustered. She's aggravated. She doesn't. She's losing or lost her peace and her joy. Now, friend, any time that happens with you, get a clue. You are not okay. Well, they should do this or that. Maybe they should, but it's past that. You're messed up. Technically right or wrong. You lose your peace. You lose your joy. Nobody can do that to you. I don't care what they say or what they do. Nobody can strip off your joy and peace from you unless you allow it to go and you consider and receive something else. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, Isaiah said. To be spiritually minded is life and peace 
But to be carnally minded is death, Romans 8 said. So finally, she had all she could take of it. She's lost her peace. She's lost her joy. She came and interrupted Jesus. She said, Jesus, thou had to stop and look at her. He said, yeah. He said, would you tell my lazy sister to get up and come in here and help me? I'm doing this whole big meal by myself. And she was just sure that he's going to say, yeah, go help your sister. But he didn't. I said he didn't. He looked at her. Are you with me? Verse 41. Jesus answered her. He said, Martha, Martha. When the Lord calls your name twice like that. He says, Keith, Keith. I just go ahead and start kneeling right then because I know I'm wrong. Martha, Martha. You are careful. What does that mean? Full of care, full of worry and anxiety. And you are troubled about what? Oh, do you hear it? Do you see this this morning? About what? Many things. She had many things she was trying to keep up with. God's talking to some people right now. Many things. And she was frustrated and vexed and lost her peace and joy. He said, you are full of care and you're troubled about many things. What's the next verse say? But what? Oh, get it. What? One. How many? There's four or five main things. No, no. One thing. Somebody say one thing. thing. He said, but one thing is needful, or we might say necessary. There's a whole lot of stuff that people spend all kind of time and mind time and running around and money, and it is not necessary. And I says, well, I do what I want to with my time. Yeah, you can stay frustrated and vexed. And not have peace and not have joy and you can waver and not receive from the Lord. You sure can. But as for me and my bunch, I think I'm looking at my bunch. (laughs) We, we are willing to choose that one, that one important necessary thing. And what do you do with all those other many things? What? When the Lord puts his finger on the one thing, then you are to forget about everything else. You are to forget about everything else that pertains to that situation because you got it. Now, if you got his word on it, you got it. There's nothing else to consider. If you got the answer from him, there's nothing else to look up. There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, but there might be some other things out there that I don't know about. There's a whole ocean full of things you don't know about. <laughs> and you'll never find out about half of them in your lifetime. Oh, yes, I'm quite well read, Minister Keith. <laughs> you don't know a thimbleful about anything compared to what can be known. You just ain't been around long enough. And you won't be around long enough. 
The scripture says if any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know it. Can you imagine you standing up telling God, you know, God, now I know quite a bit about this. (laughs) And him seeing what you know compared to what he knows. He's like, it'd be like you talking to a two-year-old. You go, well, yeah, that's good, honey. You know something. You can make your A's and B's. That's great. Darling, sweet. And you got this little scribble picture, you know, that your perfect vision. And you show it to him. And it's looked like something a child took crayons and did. And he goes, oh, that's pretty, baby. That's pretty. I'm going to put this in my pocket. <laughs> but you ain't got a clue. <laughs> so this thing about we're going to search the world. And find out everything about everything and through our superior intellect and understanding be able to pick the right ones. No, you're not. He already has. I said he already has. And he wrote it down for us. And he gave us the spirit of God to teach us about it. So when he gives you that answer and the one thing that is needful in your situation It's time to quit looking anywhere else or talking about anything else. You push it all aside and you just focus on that one thing. That's how you stay in faith. That's how you doubt not, waver not, stagger not. Let me read this to you and then we'll go to another place. In another translation, it says it like this. He said, uh, you're troubled, careful and troubled about many things things but she has chosen the one thing the NIV says Martha Martha you are worried and upset about many things the NAS says you know you're bothered about so many things but Mary has chosen that good part that one thing and it shall not be taken away from her was she going to lose that She's going to get it. She's going to get what she's believing for. She's going the whole way. She's not unstable. She's not confused. Now go to Romans 4, please. Romans 4. Are we getting this this morning? Do not be proud about how many different areas you're aware of, how much you think you can multitask. It can just be an indicator of how unstable you are. Now, some people don't like that, but don't take my word for it. Look at it. Examine yourself now. Especially, be honest with yourself. It's a Thursday afternoon, and you're aggravated, and you're frustrated, and you don't have peace, and you don't have joy. That is not God's fault. Well, the devil's just attacking me. He's just attacking me. The devil's a defeated foe. He can only do what we give him room to do. He's been stripped. He's been brought to naught. He's under our feet. But thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the... Well, what if your mind is not in perfect peace? It's in anything but perfect peace. You're tormented. You're vexed. You're distracted. What do we know? You have not been keeping your mind on the one thing that you're supposed to be. You've been considering stuff you shouldn't have been looking at. 
shouldn't have been thinking about, shouldn't have been talking about. And how could I know I shouldn't have been looking at it? Look at its effect on you. The longer you think about it and talk about it, look what it's doing to you. All of y'all with me. It's real simple. You start to think and talk about something and it begins to frustrate you and vex you. What should you do immediately? Stop and go, whoa, whoa. To be carnally minded is death. This is working some death on me. Change the channel. Right? Change the topic. Change the subject. What did God say about this? What did he say about this? We'll get back on that and that only. Man, this is one of the greatest passages on faith in the Bible. Romans 4 and the great father of faith, Abraham. Did the man find out something about faith? Before he had a Bible, before there were any CDs on faith, (laughs) was Abraham. And he followed and pleased God so well with it that he is held up as an example of faith for all time. So let's see how he did it. Romans 4, verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is of the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope. Now you know the word hope means confident expectation in the Bible. Doesn't mean that in normal vernacular, but that's what it means Bible. Look it up. So against, with no reason to expect, what did he do? He believed and expected anyway. How many understand, even though you got no reason in the natural to expect to live, you can still expect to live. You got no reason in the natural to think you're coming out of this financial problem. You could still expect to come out. No matter what you see or don't see. That's what faith is all about. You got no reason to think this marriage will ever be okay. Or that it could even ever be fixed. But you could still expect it to be fixed. Oh, come on now. Do we serve a God with whom all things are possible? And didn't he say all things are possible to him that believes? That's us. But believing and doubting are the opposite. You can't be duo. You can't be vacillating. You got to focus on the one. Fix. Abraham had faith. Abraham pleased God. Abraham got the desire of his heart. Got the will of God. It took some years. But he did. And here in the New Testament, Romans 4, it describes how he did it. Are you with me? You may have heard this and quoted this, but read it with fresh eyes today. Look at it with a fresh, open heart and mind. It says, against hope, with no reason to expect, he believed in expectation that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not... Weak in faith, he what? 
considered not. Oh, do you see that phrase? Man, I'm excited in my spirit because folk, this is dropping in spirits this morning. So read that phrase out loud. Being not weak in faith, he considered not. Let's say it out loud. Being not weak in faith, he considered not. How do you keep from being weak in faith? Something you don't do. You don't consider the wrong thing. You don't consider any other thing from what he told you. Why? Because if you do, then you're making yourself subject to temptation. To believe something else. What if Adam and Eve had not considered the tree they weren't supposed to eat from? But if every time the thought come across their mind, well, just go out there and look at it. They said, no, we are not even considering that. Well, let's talk about it. It's pretty. It makes you, no, no, we are not, we, it is not open to discussion. We refuse to consider it. Can you see that is the safe place? If you refuse to consider, you stay safe. You stay where the enemy can't mess with you. He considered not what? So I said, well, Brother Keith, the symptoms are just so, you know, distracting. I can't ignore them. Friend, his body was with him every day. And every day he's 99 years old and older. Is that right? And every day it's talking to him or trying to and telling him what would his 99-year-old body and Sarah's 90-year-old body that was barren when it was 20, what are they telling them? Ain't no way. Right? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no physical way. Ain't no biological way. Ain't no natural way. Ain't no way. No way. No way. Could he have considered it? Could he have said, now what am I trying to believe here? I mean, biologically, your body changes. Sarah's already gone through the change of life. And what if he'd sat around and thought about that half the day? And looked at that. And thought, yeah, I've never heard of anybody that was 99 and she was 90 that had a child. I mean, that's never happened. Why would I think it's going to happen for me? What did the Bible say he did with it? Considered it not. Oh, it was there. It was trying to talk to him. But every time it did, he said, uh-uh. I'm not looking at you. How do you not look at your own body? See, people try to tell you, yeah, but Brother Keith, I've got pain. I've got symptoms. The thing, he did too. Every day, staring him in the face. I got bills, Brother Keith, and the creditors call. And it keeps on being in my face. I know it. But if you consider it and you think about it and you talk about it, you cannot stay in faith. You'll waver and you'll be unstable and you won't receive anything. Every time. Now listen, friends, people in trying to be nice, they will let their friends and family and coworkers talk a bunch of other stuff to them. You can't afford it. 
You stand in everything you know how to do to believe that you're healed. You cannot afford to sit down and talk symptoms and talk what ifs and what abouts with somebody for three hours. You can't afford it. Well, I don't want to be rude. What do you want to die? I'm serious. You can't afford to talk economy and this and that and excuses why it's okay for you to fail and go under and stay in faith. You have to what? Consider not. Say it out loud. Consider not. What do you do with that thing that's trying to distract you? Trying to tell you you're not healed. Your money's not going to come in. It's not going to work. What do you do with it? You cannot consider it. You cannot even entertain it. You can't think about it. You can't talk about it. You can't look at it. You can't. So no, I can't. I can't. I can't. And if people don't understand, well, they just don't understand. If they did care about you and had any respect for you, they'd respect that. Sometimes you just need to say, I'm sorry. I'd rather not talk about that. And if they're pushy, you just say, I can't talk about that now. I choose not to. Hey, but I want to talk about it. Well, you may have to leave. It is that important. I said it is that important. Because if you do, you're opening yourself up to doubt, to wavering. And that can ruin the whole thing. It can undo what you prayed. It can undo what you said with your mouth. It's serious. He said Abraham was not weak in faith. That's us. Not weak in faith. He what? Considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old. Neither, neither what? Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered not his body and he considered not her body. When he looked at her and he saw him, he said, I don't care. I consider it not. I refuse to look at it. No. Yeah, but, no buts. Yeah, but what about? No what abouts? Nothing. Well, you're just closed, my, closed to that? Yes. That's why he's in the book. That's why the miracle happened. He wouldn't consider anything else. Mm-mm. Hope this is not too simple for you. What's happening? Friend, we already have some momentum. And God is, there are things, I just, I know it in my heart, there are things in people's hearts all through this room and through these cameras. You have vision and you're on it. You are on it. You're on it. And there's only one thing that can keep it from coming to pass. Only one. And it ain't the devil. How many things could keep it from coming to pass? There's only one. Only one. And that's you or me to begin to waver and begin to vacillate and duo. Yeah, but and what about and mm-mm, mm-mm. but you're not gonna do it because of messages like this, because of the word, because of the Holy Ghost bringing it to your remembrance. Something's gonna come up, and you might be initially tempted to look at it or even have listened to a few words, and something's gonna come up on the inside of you. You're gonna go, no, uh, uh-uh, no. No, I'm not talking about this. Nope. Now, there will be people who don't understand this. These people also don't get miracles. 
They'll be the same ones that might even make fun of you. They'll come back later and ask you, how did that happen? And they'll want you to pray for them. So you can't listen to them. Later on, they'll be listening to you. He what? Verse 20. Now, let's look at it. He keeps repeating this thought. He considered not. What else? He staggered not. Oh, do you see it? If you will consider not, then you will stagger not, which is exactly the same word as doubt in Mark eleven twenty three. If you won't consider it, then you won't doubt. Man, I'm more excited in my spirit than I can express it right now. This is the answer. If you won't consider the wrong thing, then you won't doubt. And if you won't doubt, you will have whatever you say. Say it out loud again. Consider not. Consider not. Stagger not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. How many know he's still giving glory to God? What he did and how he stood is still glorifying God in 2006 in Branson, Missouri. And it'll be that way with your life. When you stand and are not moved and don't waver and you get your healing and you get your answers and you get your deliverance and you get your money and you get your stuff and you do the will of God, that stands from now on. People around about you will be encouraged. They'll be helped. They'll be strengthened. It glorifies God. Said, giving glory to God and being what? Being fully persuaded. Now, this has been here a long time. But for some reason we haven't seen it like we should. How do you get fully persuaded? By only considering what he told you. See, we back up in the passage. God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. That is the only thing, the one only thing that matters in the world concerning this subject for him. Yeah, but I'm 99. Yeah, but Sarah's 90. Yeah, but she couldn't conceive when she was 18. Consider it not. And as he, well, what do you consider if you don't consider that? You keep coming right back to what he told you. I have made you the father of many nations. I have made you the father of many nations. And he only considered that. And as he did, he became strong in faith. He became fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is able, able to perform. Mm, Hallelujah. And so it was imputed to him for righteousness. Glory be to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody praise the Lord just a little bit. Lift up your heart. Lift up your head. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Only one thing. Only one thing. Only one thing. 
Only one thing. Oh, my, my. This is bigger in me than I'm feeling able to get it out. We'll believe God and get some more of it out as we progress. But how many can see this? Do you see this? Is it strong in you? Can you see it in your eyes? What? Consider not. Stagger not. Fully persuaded. Consider not. Stagger not. And be fully persuaded. Fully persuaded and get your answer. Stand on your feet if you would. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.